Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. All right, so today I want to talk about being thankful. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so Scott is not a false prophet. Okay. (laughs) Just playing around. All right, so today I'm going to talk about to be thankful is part of God's will for your life. And so a lot of times when we think of being thankful, we think of the act of being thankful. We think of thinking thankful thoughts or speaking thankful things. But today, I want, to, I want to focus in on actually being thankful. So not thinking thankful thoughts, but actually being thankful. See, there's a difference from doing something and it, just doing it, at, like checking it off the list. How many of you have ever like, well, it's Thanksgiving month, I better be more thankful. Or I need to be reminded, so I'm going to put thankfulness on my to-do list. But what I'm talking about today is not just the act of being thankful, but becoming thankful. See, when we become something, the thing you become is now your natural tendency to live and to think and to respond from it. So for the majority of us, where we're at in life, the result of the majority of us, where we're at in life is the result of consistent behavior and consistent thought. Are you following me? How many of you are night owls? Stay up late. You late people. I used to be a late person and then I had kids. (laughs) An example of that is seven in the morning I was woken up. This was yesterday or two days ago. I was woken up to Layla singing opera. (laughs) So those days of sleeping in are, are long gone, I think. And so we got night owls, we got early birds, but a lot of that comes down to how or the choices that you make. You know, the middle of the night for Lorette is probably 6.30, you know, because she's up at what time? Three? Four? So whether you're a night owl or early bird, it's because of consistent behavior, right? How about financial things? You know... When I was a kid, if I got money, it burned a hole in my pocket. <laughs> my, my parents trained me by, here's $50 for your lunch. You can use it wherever you want. And um, if you run out, you'll get it next month. By the first week, I was out of money. <laughs> and I've learned the art of, hey, are you going to eat that at, at school lunches? Hey, are you going to finish that? You know? I was good at that. And for some of you, it might be you're a penny pincher. You are saving every last thing, right? 
You know, sometimes I think, uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing to save. I just think sometimes people are saving it. And I'm like, by the time you actually use that, you're not going to be able to use it <laughs> because every bone, like your hips are going to hurt. You're not going to want to go to the beach because your hips hurt. And I won't go in, into this too much, but diet and exercise. Who we are right now is the result of consistent behavior and consistent thought, right? How about emotional health or spiritual maturity and cultivation, right? Where we're at spiritually is the result of cultivation that we did or did not do. I've come to realize that if I don't like the harvest, I need to change the seeds that I sow. It's one of the things that I, you know, I think sometimes we complicate change so much. We're like, we're thinking of all the options. We're thinking about this could happen and this. I just have to step back and say, do I like the fruit that I'm eating right now? No, I do not. So I have to change. I have to change the seeds that I sow. And most of these habitual behaviors go unnoticed because they're just, quote unquote, living life. Like most of us don't think that you're doing the same thing over and over again. How many of you have ever gotten to the point where you're driving home from work and you're like, you get home and you're like, how did I get here? Right? Because you've done it so many times. And that's really a scary thought, right? Because your body has done it so much that you kind of check out and then your body takes over. But your body doesn't take into account new cars coming in and out, right? But most of these habitual behaviors go unnoticed, right? Because we're just living life. We're just doing our thing. But what if we could, could become more aware? The iPhone has this cool feature. It's called screen time. And with screen time, you can access real-time reports about how much time you spend on your, your iPhone and set limits for what you want to manage. This way, you can make more informed decisions about... I'm t I took this from the website. This way, you can make more informed decisions about how you use your device and set limits. I like how I put this. Set limits if you like to. Please don't. Please do not set limits. We want you on this thing all the time. So there's this app. So if there's this app that you're spending time on, you could go in and look and see how much time you're spending on it. Everybody follow the concept of this feature? One thing that's great about this feature is it's based in reality, not perception. Ooh, yeah. Right? You might be thinking, there is no way that I play six hours of Candy Crush a day. That's just impossible. No, you do. Actually, you do. You might be thinking, I hardly ever use Facebook. Oh, actually, you're on it quite a bit, a lot. You might not post anything, but you're looking. <laughs> actually, probably only 0.2% of your phone usage is the phone. <laughs> so these are things that this screen time tells you. And so you can make informed decisions and say, wow, I didn't realize I spent six hours today on Candy Crush. I didn't realize that. Maybe four hours might be better. Okay, so let's, let's pull that back. So you can manage or restrict what's happening or your usage of the phone. Now let's imagine now that you could see statistical information on your thought life. 
Oh. You might be thinking, you know what? I hardly ever worry. Nope, you worry a lot. Actually, you do. You know what? That can't be right. I don't complain that much. No one knows what I'm, I'm just talking to me, right? And maybe for some of you, maybe 4% of your thoughts towards yourself are happy. The other, what, 96% is you're disgusted with yourself. What effect does that have? What does that have, what effect does that have on your body and your soul? Now, it would be great if we had this information because we could make informed decisions. But since we don't, what is our option? Well, maybe Apple will, will make that for us. I don't know. Well, they tell us what we want to buy. <laughs> oh, we saw that you looked at fishing gear. Here's every ad of fishing gear that you will ever need. <laughs> well, I believe as created beings, we were created to be vessels. And vessels have the responsibility to hold things, right? To carry things, to distribute things, to receive and then to give, right? And, and so there's only so many things you can think, right? Because vessels can only hold so much, right? Because when they begin to, let's say something's being, being poured into the vessel, when it gets full, what does it do? It overflows, Right? So there are only so many thoughts that we can think. So let me explain this a little bit more. The more I am thankful, the less capacity I have to be worried. Because we are created vessels. We can only hold so much. We can only carry so many things. So when we worry, we actually remove our capacity for thankfulness. And the opposite is true. The more thankful I am, the more it will drive out worry and fear. The more I am filled with the word of God, the less space or the less capacity I have for the lies of the enemy. And I believe many of the issues that we face come down to space. Ephesians 4.27, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not leave any space. Have you, has your brother or sister ever been chasing you and you ran in your room and you go to shut the door and what do they do? They stick their foot in the door. They want to leave space so that they can enter. In Ephesians, in Ephesians it says, give no space or leave no opportunity. Do not give a foothold to the enemy. So instead of thinking how can I restrict or deal with my negative thoughts? Have you ever thought, man, I need to work on my attitude? <laughs> if you're self-aware, you probably have. Or someone told you about it, right? Man, I really need to work on my thought life. I need to restrict some things. I need to be more thankful. <laughs> I need to think more thankful thoughts. But instead of evaluating how, instead of focusing on the negative thoughts, what if we looked at how much we actually praise? What is your percentage of thanksgiving? When a situation comes up, what pours out of you? 
When something comes up, what pours out of you? Because Jesus said, he said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Huh. So instead of focusing on, I need to deal with these negative thoughts, don't worry about that. Start pouring in praise. Start pouring in thankfulness. Start pouring in the word of God, because guess what? When we do that, what happens? It starts driving out those things. Philippians 4, 8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy. Are you getting the pattern here? Merciful and kind and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him sometimes. Uh, I'm sorry, always. When should we be praising him? Always. But how does the praise come out? Because I continually think on these things. If bitterness is pouring out, what am I giving space for? It's not the things that uh, Paul was talking about in Philippians 4. Like I said before, there's only so much that we can hold. So when we worry, we drive out faith. When we fear, we drive out faith. But when we fill ourselves with the word of God and what he says, when we continually think, when we continually fix our thoughts on these things, guess what's going to come out when we get squeezed a little bit? So today I want to talk about creating the structure of a thankful heart. Because I just don't want to think thankful thoughts. I just don't want to put it on my checklist. Oh, it's Thanksgiving over. Thanksgiving's over. I better stop being thankful. Right? Instead of having it as like a to-do list, how can we get being thankful a part of who we are? So when something happens, it just squirts out of us. When it happens. So where do we begin? Every good structure begins with a good foundation. So what is the foundation of a thankful heart? First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything. It didn't say for everything. It said, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So knowing that it's God's will for you to be thankful in everything is the foundation to a thankful heart. It's the beginning place. It's the starting place. Some of you may be thinking, wait a second, I thought that the will of God referred to what I did what I was called to do, where I would be, what I would be doing, who I would be with. But the truth is God's will for you is much broader than what you're called to do. I would say it's the least impactful part of the equation. 
And I would say most of my pastoring in all my years, I've been doing it for 21, 21 years. I know. I look pretty good for that. So, uh, <laughs> now we were talking about consistent behavior, weren't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. So most of my pastoring was people were so concerned if they were outside of God's will. What happens if I'm not in the right place? What happens if it's not the right time? What happens? What should I be doing? Should I be doing this? Now, I started out as youth pastoring, so obviously they're wondering what they should be doing. But most of their frustration, most of their turmoil inside is, I don't want to be outside of God's will in what I should do. But we cannot forget that we are not only called to do, but we are called to become. Let's look at that first Thessalonians. What does it say? All right. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Right there. Right there. Come on. So you could be in the right place at the right time, but fail to be thankful and miss your opportunity. You could be so focused on what God has called you to do and you forgot to be thankful. And guess what? When that opportunity came up, you totally missed it because you weren't focused on being thankful and fulfilling the will of God for your life. Not just what to do, but what he's called you to become. It's important to understand that there is a will of God for you to do as well as a will of God for you to become. And I would say that most scripture focuses on God's will for you to become, not his will for you to do. So when we place great emphasis on God's will for us to do, we inevitably inevitably put the cart before the horse. What happens when you put the cart before the horse? It doesn't work, does it? And the person in the buggy, since we're an Amish country, (laughs) the person in the buggy will be so mad at this horse. It's so frustrated. But the issue was he put the cart before the horse. Can you see why there's frustration? Can you see why there's confusion? Can you see why there's anger and disappointment? Because all of our energy went to, God, what do you want me to do rather than who do you want me to become? Are you guys following me? But if we realize when we fulfill his will for us to become, what we are called to do will naturally flow from it. When you put the horse before the cart, what happens? The cart naturally flows from it. And so... We could get stuck in this frustration and this anxiety and anger and disappointment because we are so focused on what you want me to do rather than what you're calling me to become. Can you guys see this? Like the horse, it empowers what we are called to do. Now, gratitude and thankfulness is not just a good idea. 
Because if you look up being gratitude and thankfulness, you will see a lot of self-help stuff talk about that. But gratitude and thankfulness is not just a good idea. It's not just a self-help tip. It's not just a strategy for good mental health, which it, it is. But it's coming into agreement with, yeah. with the good and perfect will of God. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Come on. Here's the thing, rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, giving thanks in every situation are all acts of our will. We have to make a choice. So it starts with a choice, but ends in Christ-like character. Now, I will say this, sometimes we have to put being thankful on our to-do list. (laughs) Have you ever had to do that? (laughs) Sometimes you have to do that, and that's okay, but it starts with a choice, and from it, with consistency, we will start becoming like the things that we profess. If we are feeding on things that make us angry and frustrated, why would we be surprised when anger and frustration comes out in other areas of our life. That was just for me. No one else. Thank you, Father. Now that we know how, now that we know that it's God's will for us to be thankful, how do we lay the foundation of a thankful heart? It's not, just en- it's not just enough to know, hey, I need a foundation on this house. Well, how do I lay it? Right? You know, a concrete truck, you bring in the concrete. It goes- I know nothing about construction, but I've seen it before once or twice. So how do we lay the foundation of a thankful heart? Say this with me. Always, Always. without ceasing, In all things. And you may be thinking, impossible, not attainable. Always? Without ceasing? In all things? Yeah, right. (laughs) But let me say this. What did he say? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So is it possible Yes. Why? Because it's his will. So if we are called to do it, then we were created for it. I'm going to say that again. If we were called to it, then we were created for it. It's actually a part of our spiritual DNA. We actually have the capacity for it. But we have to make a choice. 1 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, who's in Christ in here? Ah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm at a board meeting. All in favor, say aye. All right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. 
Well, there goes our excuse, right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, not just revamped, actually a new thing. A new thing has been created. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what is the level ground in which we lay the foundation of a thankful heart? Well, Christ is the level ground to walk this out. And every good foundation needs a level. What is our level? What is our plumb line? It's Christ Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't know about you. Like I said, I don't know much about construction. But I know if the foundation is not level, I'm just going out on a limb here. Just going out on a limb. If the foundation is not level, what will happen to the building once it's built? It will lean, right? It could crumble. It would be, I can't think of the word, but it would be compromised, right? All from the beginning, not being level. And what is our level? Christ Jesus, the work of Christ Jesus in us. This is part of our new creation design. When it says always without ceasing in all things, guess what? It's actually part of your creation design. And you might be thinking, why is it so difficult? Because we gave foothold to the enemy. And we have all done it, right? We've all filled ourselves with cynicism and skepticism and anger and frustration and rage and all that stuff. But we are created vessels. That means that we can actually pour that out (laughs) and receive something new. If you still think it's impossible, what what is robbing your capacity for it? If you think it's, all right, if I had a cup filled with something and I said, I want you to fill it with always, without ceasing, in all things, you'd be like, oh, it's already filled. I can't do it. It's impossible. You're exactly right. You need to empty it out (laughs) and then begin to fill it with the things that you desire to come out of you then. Does this make sense? This is why we're commanded to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all things give thanks. Why is it always without ceasing in all things? What is that actually saying? What does it, what sums that up? What is that saying? Leave no space whatsoever. Right? Leave no space. Why are you leaving no space? Always, <laughs> without ceasing, in all things. Come on. And when we do that, always without ceasing, in all things, it can become a reality, not just an unreachable standard. Like, If someone, like, people do this a lot. Like, right now, 
If I said, I'm going to go run a marathon, reality, impossible, not going to happen. I probably wouldn't make it past a mile or two miles. But what happens if I change some things? Started training for it. And got to the weird point where you're like, I love running. When people say that, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't, I cannot relate to what you're saying. Even when I, yeah, I just don't like, even when I was a kid, I didn't like running. I rode my bike though, right? But what would make that a reality? One step at a time, little by little. Here a little, there a little. And when something comes in, when the wife comes home with donuts, say, no, no. I got a marathon to run. But that's tomorrow, so I'll eat one today. It was funny because the other day she brought something home from the grocery store, and I was like, are you trying to make me fail? Because I've been thinking about this one thing, and it's crazy. I guess it's from my youth, but I love those Quaker chocolate chip granola bars. And she got those, and I'm like, I've been thinking about these for the past two weeks. And she's like, hey, listen, I can't control you, blah, blah. (laughs) She was prophetic, and look where it got us. And then... So it starts by making a choice, but through consistency, it can become a part of our nature. And because it's a part of our nature, it becomes natural. It becomes possible. Guess what? If you're always doing it in all things, at all times, it's going to be natural. It's not going to be a struggle. Like I said, you have these weird people that say, I love running. And you're like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> but guess what? They do it. They get out there. So the key to a thankful heart is the more you do it, the more it become a part of your nature. Yeah. And here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to try when it's a part of your nature. You don't have to try when it's a part of your nature. If you're used to seeing the world in a negative light, you don't have to try when an opportunity comes, right? When it comes, you'll be like, see, I told you. I told you there's conspiracies. I told you. But the reverse is also true. When you lay the foundation for a thankful heart, you don't have to try to be thankful because your default setting will be thanksgiving. So when we... Always rejoice. And when we pray, when we communicate with our Father without ceasing, any moment of any time during the day, I, I, re, I center my, my heart and my mind on Him. And when things come in that aren't very pleasant, I put my eyes on Him and I give thanks. Not for the things, but in the things. <laughs> And guess what? The more I do it, guess what's going to happen? It's just going to flow from you. Right? 
Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. What a thought. (laughs) Right? What a thought. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with Come on. Thankfulness. Now that you've accepted Christ, here's the thought. Continue to follow him. Actually let your roots grow deep down into him and let your lives be built on him. Who who is our who is our plumb line? Who is our level? Christ Jesus, right? Let your lives be built on him. And here's the result. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Many times people are waiting for this spectacular to change something in their life. You know, for, for me to make this change, I need God to knock me off my horse. <laughs> I need God to show up in my room in a bright light. I need to hear an audible voice. But the truth is, here's a thought. Now that you accepted Christ, how about you just follow him? How about you just do that? I'm not saying that you're not. What I'm saying is we don't have to wait around for some spectacular thing to happen to actually have the character of Christ to come outside, you know, to be manifested outside of us. All we have to do is continue to follow his voice, to let our roots grow down, in, down into him and let him be the level ground in which we build our lives. If you look at revelation as a seed, what is the benefit of a revelation if it's never planted? Pressed into the dirt and cultivated. You know, the Lord has gave me, gave me so much revelation. Just gave me so much. Well, what have you done with it? Did you plant it? Did you water it? Did you speak to it? Did you cultivate it? When weeds popped up to choke it out, did you pull them out? Come on. You must cultivate the truth you must invest into it if you want to see the fruit. But here's the beautiful thing. We have the master cultivator on our side. Remember, this is his will for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you think that if it is his will to do it, he will empower what he desires? I would say so. If we are in Christ, then the Holy Spirit is in our corner. He's on our side. He's working in us to do the will of the Father. Actually, it's in the scriptures. Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. For God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. 
So I'm actually glad that I got to preach first in uh, November because I knew I was going to preach on Thanksgiving. So let's just get this one boom, get this foundation laid. So like I said, I don't think it should just be about thinking thankful thoughts. I don't think it should just be doing the acts of thankfulness and gratitude. I think that's a start. But the goal is to become thankful. Do you see the difference? No longer am I doing it out of, you know, well, get this off the checklist. Oh, pastor taught on it, so I better put it into practice. What I'm talking about is always, without ceasing, in all things. And if we do that, like I said, it's not on our own strength. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. If we partner with him, guess what? What does it say? Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in you. But I want to challenge you. Will we partner with him? See, if God is working in us and we keep on filling ourselves with things, come on, filling ourselves with things that are contrary to what he's doing, do you see why there would be a battle? But if we empty ourselves out and say, Lord, have your way, and then I make the first step to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, In all things, give thanks, because I know this is what you desire for me. I align my heart, my thoughts, my will to yours. What what will the fruit be? Come on. Like I said, we complicate change so much. We like, some of us have to have all our ducks in a row. Some of us um, are like, what if this, what if this, what if this, what if this? And really, sometimes it just comes back to is, I don't like the fruit of my actions. You know, when um, maybe it's the way that you communicate. You know, when I communicate, I feel like people don't want to be around me. Hmm. I don't like that. I don't like that feeling of being lonely. Well, I'm going to start changing what comes out of my mouth. (laughs) How do you do it? You fill yourself. What did it say? Continually fix your eyes, fix your heart on these things. And guess what? When you do that, guess what? It's going to come out of you. This is good stuff, guys. It's not rocket science. If you don't like the fruit, got to change something. (laughs) Change the seed. Sometimes we got to cut it. Now we're not going to get into restoring the fountain now. I'm just playing. (laughs) I wasn't planning for it to go this way, (laughs) but I feel like it's really important. I can feel God's presence on it to challenge you. If you don't like what's coming out of you, what are you putting in you? And the beautiful thing is, 
God is working in you. All we got to do is partner with what he's doing. You know, a lot of times we think of faith as if I do this, this will move God into action. But I don't believe faith is like that. I think faith is simply just like, God, what are you doing? And I align my heart to it. You don't have to convince God to do something when he's already doing it. (laughs) Not only what he's doing in the future, but what he's done in the past. I don't have to argue or convince God to do something that he said in his word. I just have to align my heart to it. And then from that place, I function from it. So we only got to the foundation of a thankful heart. But I think that's a good place to stop. (laughs) Because really, it all starts and stops there, right? If the foundation isn't aligned, what will happen? Have you ever seen those V8 commercials? I don't know if they even have them on TV anymore. People would be walking sideways. Well, they were more like this. They were walking sideways, and they're like, did you miss your V8 today? And so sometimes we're walking crooked <laughs> because we haven't filled our, th- our thoughts and our heart on the things of above, from above. Thank you, Father. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, this is something that it, we don't have to... We have to line our hearts. We have to make a choice. But it it doesn't have to be a struggle. Because you're working in us. Your spirit is within us. Lord, you desire it. You desire for us to walk in thankfulness. Not just walk in it, but to actually become thankful. That whenever we get pressed... Thankfulness comes out. So, Lord, right now, we repent for where we gave space to the enemy, where we gave him an open door. For some of you, you're like, I didn't give him a foothold. I just swung the door wide open. (laughs) And that could have been for a lot of reasons. But Lord, we repent right now. Lord, we change our thinking on this. And God, we align our hearts with your will. Your will to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is your will for us. So just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart right now. You know, sometimes he's revealing something and say, hey, this is kind of an open door that you have allowed. I know when I was a kid, one of the things my parents always said, hey, shut that door. We don't pay to heat the outside. So what do you do with an open door? You shut it. (laughs) So if the Holy Spirit reveals an open door in your life, 
recognize it and make a conscious choice to shut it. Listen, the Lord has given you power. He's actually given you power over your vessel. Because in Proverbs it says, guard your heart above all else. For out of, out of it flows the issues of life. What is that saying? Guard what you allow in your vessel. Because what you allow in your vessel will eventually come out. It will then, another version says, it will be the, it will direct the course of your life. So it said, guard your heart above all else. So just ask Holy Spirit, what's that open door? And realize you've been given power to shut it. Now just ask the Holy Spirit, just welcome the Holy Spirit into areas of your heart where you've allowed space for the enemy. Welcome him in. Give him authority in those areas. Scripture says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So where we make the spirit Lord in our life, there will be freedom. So in those areas where you have allowed the enemy to have his way, shut the door and ask the Holy Spirit, come have your way in me. I give you authority in this area in my life. What does that mean? When you step out to do something and you've given the Lord authority, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a check. Be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you gave me authority here. Well, I did. Well, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to say. Maybe it's an area of negativity and you start speaking negatively and the Holy Spirit says, whoa, 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 wait a second. I thought I had authority here. Well, you do. And give him place and authority in that area. See, the goal is not to be more thankful in the aspect of doing things. It's about becoming thankful where it just naturally flows from us. So, Lord, we just thank you for, Lord, what you're doing in our hearts today. I truly believe that God really rearranged some issues in people's lives today. And if we give him authority in those things, we're going to see the fruit that he desires Thank you, Father. Just give a, another minute or so. Just Obviously, you can ask, access the Holy Spirit at any time, but just a few more moments. Thank you, Father.
God, you are our plumb line. You are our level. You are our firm foundation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's freedom in the house. Freedom in the house. In Jesus' name.